Lord, we don't want to hold anything back from you. We want to love and experience you with our hearts, with our souls, with our minds, with our bodies, including all of our senses. So we pray that right now you would recapture us. Recapture us, Lord. In Christ's name, amen. So, if you're a superhero movie uh, buff, anybody loves superhero movies? Yes, and proud to acknowledge it. Thank you. One of the common themes in superhero movies is super senses. So, I just watched Aquaman. Did anyone else watch Aquaman? Thank you, yeah. Uh, and I, the kids right back here, thank you very much. Um, Aquaman was half human and half Atlantean from under the ocean and his name was Arthur, when he was a little boy on a class trip to the aquarium, he discovered that he could communicate with a shark. He had these super senses that he didn't know anything about, and over time he was trained to hone these senses. I think it's easy for us to live as though our five senses were the only way to experience and find meaning in the world. But Jesus said, walk by faith, not by sight. In Hebrews 11, we're told, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. So we can confidently hope for the good that is beyond what we can now see. Through faith, we can transcend mere physical data around us. What if we could all develop super senses? You know you want them. <laughs> Hebrews 5 talks about our senses, but solid food is for the mature, who because of practice have their senses trained to discern good and evil. Have you ever thought about training your senses? One way to exercise faith in our senses would just be to slow down and say, Lord, is there anything more here than what I'm seeing? Because we have God's spirit within us, we have access to spiritual understanding. So as we walk in step with God's spirit, he can show us meaning beyond the surface. He gives us discernment about good and evil more and more as we tune in to our spiritual senses. Apparently now there are glasses uh, that can help people who are colorblind to see colors in a new way. Different people have varying degrees of success with these glasses, so it's not a one-size-fits-all or a sure thing. But can you imagine what it would be like to see the world in color for the first time? You might, but some people see the effect right away. Oh, it's different. It's different, yeah. Oh, my God, it's different. It's different. Okay. It's different. <laughs> Turn around and look at the lights. Oh my god. Oh my god. What colors do you see? Those. You see colors now?
my god, is this the real world? <laughs> is this actually what it looks like? There's more. It's lovely, I think. It's lovely to see their, their reactions, to see they all cry because they're all seeing the world in a new way. And it's like, wow, is this, is this really what it's like? And I thought it was a great visual for us to say, what if in our lives, what if there's more for us too, more than what we just see with our eyes, more than what we hear with our ears, more than what we feel or smell or taste? Uh, Jesus said, I've come that they may have life and have it to the full. You'd be surprised at how much scripture there is connecting all five senses with faith. So for hearing, we read the Gospels, um, and we see that on multiple occasions, Jesus would enigmatically say, to him who has ears, let him hear. And I wonder if the skeptics were like, well, of course I have ears. But Jesus was calling people to go deeper than merely a physical sense of hearing. Jesus wanted people to hear and understand, to hear and obey, to hear and believe. So how can I sharpen my spiritual hearing? In Romans, we're told, faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. There's, so there's some connection between faith and the message of Christ. One of the ways I practice my spiritual hearing is by using a Bible in a year app on my phone. And some days when I'm busy and running around, I, I still want to have make sure that I get some of God's word coming into me. And so I listen to it audibly. And it helps me because my faith, my faith can falter not just from day to day, but from hour to hour. So just having that wash over me, okay, here's God's word. This is going to feed me and steady me and fill me. It'll bolster my faith. Jesus speaks to us to, through scripture, but he speaks through us to us through lots of different ways. And I love when it says, when he says, my sheep hear my voice, so we know that he's constantly talking to his sheep. But there are some things that can block us from hearing him. When I worked as a hospice chaplain, I had many patients who were hard of hearing. One challenge for them was being in a setting where there was competing noise, like a busy restaurant or a TV going on in the background. But if I could speak with them in just in a quiet room, um, we could communicate a lot better. And I think this is the same for spiritual hearing. When Peter was talking about, let's just have this place of quiet. And if we can create those spaces of quiet, then there's not the competing noise and we won't miss out on what the Lord is saying to us. So the noise can block us from hearing and there's something else that can block us from hearing as well. Check out this passage, see if you can notice, see if you can hear in this passage uh, what another blockage to our hearing is. 
Jesus said, to those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given, and they will have an abundance of knowledge. But for those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. That's why I use parables, for they look, but they don't really see. They hear, but they don't really listen or understand. This fulfills the prophecy of Isaiah that says, when you hear what I say, you will not understand. When you see what I do, you will not comprehend. For the hearts of these people are hardened, and their ears cannot hear, and they have closed their eyes. So their eyes cannot see, their ears cannot hear, their hearts cannot understand, and they cannot turn to me and let me heal them. But blessed are you for your eyes, blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. I tell you the truth, many prophets and righteous people longed to see what you see, but they didn't see it. And they longed to hear what you hear, but they didn't hear it. So in that long passage, did anybody notice what the the blockage for our hearing can be? Take a look. I'll wait. Oh, what, what kind of hearts? Yeah. If verse 15 says that if we have hard hearts, um, we can't really hear. We can't turn to the Lord and receive his healing. So it's not just noise that stops us from hearing God. It's also when our hearts are just tough sometimes. There's a beautiful confession in one of Keith Green's old songs where he starts out singing, My eyes are dry, my faith is old, my heart is hard, and my prayers are cold. What can be done for an old heart like mine? Soften it up with oil and wine. It's a beautiful prayer, and all of us can have that happen. If we really want to hear spiritually, we have to step away from the noise and ask the Lord, Lord, soften my heart. My friend Todd, who I won't point out over there in the beard, Um, said that um, when he's out in nature, um, he sees God's beauty in creation. But he also sees God's wisdom behind the beauty. And when he sees that, the beauty and then the wisdom, it just stirs his heart to worship. And that's what I would call spiritual sight. Spiritual seeing. I remember when, when Wills first led us in the song, This is How I Fight My Battles. Uh, remember that. And the, the chorus ran through my mind for days. I would just be walking around going, It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. This is how I fight my battles. Uh, We'll sing it later if you get excited, because it's a great song. Um, This story is not just, this is not just a a whim of a guy with a good feeling. It's springing from a story in 2 Kings about the prophet Elijah. And it says, when the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh no, my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed, open his eyes, Lord, so he may see. 
Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes. He looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. When the Lord opens our eyes to really see like that, we won't be afraid. In Acts, we're told, King David said this about God, I see that the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken, for he is right beside me. When we see the Lord right beside us, we're unshakable. By faith, we can see that God is with us, and we can also train our eyes to see the big picture, to zoom out and see more. When Jesus looked at the people crucifying him, he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they're doing. For a long time, that statement of Jesus didn't make sense to me. Actually, it bothered me, because I thought, they knew just what they were doing. They knew exactly what they were doing. But somehow, through the lens of faith, Jesus was able to see a bigger picture, to see that they didn't really understand, they didn't really know the implications of what they were doing. Because Jesus was able to see that big picture, he was able to forgive them even as they were killing him. What if I could see that way? If when I looked at people and situations that I could give grace like that because I could step back, I could see the bigger picture. I could see them as temples, not totems. Um, what if I could see in a different way? Second Corinthians says, so we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that can't be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. Even touch, even the sense of touch, can be done with faith so that it goes beyond just the physical. Remember the pathos of the woman Matthew wrote about in his gospel. Just then, a woman who had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding came up behind Jesus. She touched the fringe of his robe, for she thought, if I can just touch his robe, I'll be healed. Jesus turned around, and when he saw her, he said, Daughter, be encouraged. Your faith has made you well. And the woman was healed at that moment. This woman's touch goes beyond superstition, goes beyond celebrity-seeking. She had faith before she even touched Jesus, and she was healed. By contrast, Thomas, if you remember that story, he insisted that he wouldn't have faith until he touched Jesus. Remember John's account? So the other disciples told him, we've seen the Lord. This is after Jesus was raised from the dead. But he said to them, Thomas, Thomas said, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were, put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. 
You know, I think we miss a lot because we can't hear the tone and the humor in scripture. I really think that Jesus saw the funny side of this story. This was no accident. He knew Thomas had said this, and I bet when he talked to Thomas, it wasn't with a sober, chiding, punitive way of, kind of disgusted way. I think he, I think it was funny. I, I, I bet he had an affectionate, playful smirk when he invited Jesus to touch his side, to touch his scars. And Jesus used that touch to ignite Thomas's faith. Thomas believed and he melted into worship. My Lord and my God. So this woman and Thomas got to touch Jesus in person. But what about us? How can we tune in to the ways that our sense of touch can be more than simply physical? For me, I remember a time, my family uh, for more than a hundred years has been vacationing at the Jersey Shore, and our favorite activity is body surfing. We plan our schedules around the tides and the waves. It's a whole big thing. We start praying about it months beforehand. Lord, would you please let there be good waves and, and warm water? Um, and if there's not, Lord, we'll bring our wetsuits. Um, one day, all of us were down at the beach, and we, we, but the waves were disappointing. The rest of my family all marched up and left, gave up, and went up to dinner. But for some reason, I stuck around, and to my surprise, the waves kicked up, and I went out on the water. There was no one else in the surf but me. I went out on the water, and I took one after another after another huge, strong, amazing rides all the way to the beach. I was... I was thrilled. I was encompassed by the power and the joy of these waves. I was thanking God. I wish you could have seen it. I was thanking God and laughing underwater. Thank you, Jesus. I love this. Thank you so much. And I'm giggling. And then it dawned on me as I'm under the water, letting this big old wave carry me all the way to the shore. I dawned, it dawned on me, this is worship. You know, God was... I was feeling God's touch in the water, in his mighty waves. So that was a good one for me. Um, I, could I could derail right here and tell you more about it. But moving on to the sense of smell, um, think if you could smell all these spices. Michael Hanna found these cool pictures for me, by the way. David wrote in the Psalms, may my prayer be set before you like incense, May the lifting of my hands be like the evening sacrifice. In Revelation, we see that our prayers are mixed with incense and rise up to God to breathe in and smell. Another angel who had a golden censer came and stood at the altar. He was given much incense to offer with the prayers of all God's people on the golden altar in front of the throne. The smoke of the incense, together with all the prayers of the people, went up before God from the angel's hand. I don't know, what, what, what is one of your favorite smells? In fact, what is? What's one of your favorite smells? Coffee? Coffee? What else? Chocolate, Choc chocolate what? Baking. Chocolate, mm, baking chocolate, yeah. Roses, yeah. Lamb, okay. What was that back there? 
Lavender, oh, I love lavender. Yeah, think of all these smells. Well, you know what I think? I think that um, the smell of our prayers is God's favorite smell. Frances talked about that a few weeks ago and as she was leading in prayer. And I, I can just picture God, when we're praying from our heart, um, when we really mean it, I just picture him. <sighs> it smells great. So uh, when I was, I, I did my chaplain residency at, at University of Colorado Hospital, and there was a tragic case of a man who suicided by setting himself and his house on fire. Before he died, um, he was brought into the emergency room with 85% of his body burned. It was unspeakable. Um, when I met with his parents, the father couldn't bear to go in and see his son. But their mother asked me to go in with her to the hospital room to say goodbye to her son. None of my training had prepared me for the nauseating smell of burned flesh. My eyes welled up and burned, and I actually had to grab the tray table beside the bed to keep from fainting. I stood there quietly, and I watched the heartbreaking scene of, of the mom uh, talking to her son for the very last time. And I stood there, and I looked. And somehow, I began to smell beyond the horror of what was in our noses. There was more, like a, more than the smell of death. There was the smell of love between the two of them. It's a hard one to <laughs> explain. Um, but, but, you know, Jesus had something similar to this happen. When Jesus arrived three days after Lazarus died, he transcended the physical sense of smell. When Jesus told Lazarus' friends, hey, roll back the stone, um, they, were, they were twisted and uh, conflicted about it, and they said, um, he's going to stink. So they didn't want to do it. But they didn't have any idea that there's more than meets the nose. Jesus could smell life beyond the decay. Whether we're aware of it or not, we are walking perfume. We're wafting wherever we go. The scripture tells us, thanks be to God who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession and through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. For we are the aroma of Christ to God. Take a moment and turn to the person next to you and say, you smell great. All right. Yeah, for most of you, that's true. Um, so, um, and then there's the sense of taste. Taste is another fun one. A few of you um, last week met my friend uh, from Chicago who was visiting Lynn, um, and she loves to cook for people. And she's the first person who ever told me many years ago, food is love. It's simple but profound, and it's an example, I think, of spiritual tasting. I didn't just, when she was here, I didn't just taste the yummy chicken cream soup she made for me. I tasted love. The psalmist wrote, taste and see that the Lord is good. 
So the more we taste that the Lord is good in our lives, the more our faith increases and we get hungry for more of him. It wasn't until the prodigal son got hungry and came to his senses that he returned to his father. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare and here I am starving to death. When he returned to his father, his father prepared a feast for them to eat together, the taste of love. Jesus said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. This is more than an invitation to a meal. It's an invitation to intimate relationship. So last June, I felt like God was telling me to start taking communion every day. Honestly, I don't know why. It seemed a little strange. Uh, I don't know anybody who takes communion every day, but I thought, well, you know, what's the harm? So I started taking it daily, and sometimes on my own, many times on my own, and sometimes with people around me like today. But I had no idea what a delight this would become to me. Um, you know, the definition of the word communion, the non-sacrament word, just the plain word communion, is the sharing of intimate thoughts and feelings, especially when the exchange is on a mental or spiritual level. You know, it's almost impossible to be lonely if you have communion with someone. This daily taste pulls me back to Jesus over and over. It pulls me back to what's most important in my life and it eclipses everything else. In John's gospel, the disciples were urging Jesus to eat when he was in Samaria. They had gone off, left him with a, the Samaritan woman experience um, and they, they were getting some food, but Jesus said, oh, I have food to eat you know nothing about. Then his disciples said to each other, could someone have brought him food? My food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. And this is where Jesus did that. This was the food of Jesus. This is where he finished the Father's work. Jesus said at one point um, to people, it, it kind of flummoxed the people listening. It was confusing. But he said, truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. So, today, come to the table and taste his love and forgiveness for every one of us. Would you pray with me? Uh, Lord, as we, um, as we think about, as we think about your body broken for us and your blood poured out for us, we know that wasn't just a, a sweet metaphor. We know it was at a great cost. We know that you, um, that this is, you're not just food, this is, the taste of love. And as we come, Lord, I pray that we would taste not just with our mouths, 
but that we would taste um, with all of our senses to see what you've done, to hear, to smell, to feel, to taste, um, to experience um, all that you've done for us, to be grateful. We receive, Lord, with faith and gratitude. Through Jesus, amen. Thank you, Lord, uh, for your promises to us, for all the good news. Thank you that you really do fill up our senses. I never thought about that until this week as a worship song, um, but it really is you that fills up our senses. I pray that we would all grow in using those senses to experience life and life to the full. I pray that the eyes of our hearts would be enlightened so we could see you. In Christ's name, amen. You have a couple of options. If you're like, man, this is so good, I can't leave, stick around here and um, sing and worship more with us. Um, if you're like, I'm dying to talk to my sweet friends out in the lobby, please go and enjoy worshiping God through in that way as well. Either way, have a sensational week. Yes.